Hello everyone, welcome to Connective Leadership. This is David Kraft and I am happy to have you here with us for today's show. Um, it's been a year since I recorded episode one, which was on my why. And um, there's a whole series of reasons uh, for the one year gap, the sabbatical, <laughs> Uh, after episode one, but there's one that um, that I'm I'm gonna spend some time on and unpack in uh, in this in this podcast episode, um, and uh, interestingly enough, it's it's a um, it's a personal side of the gap. So in the episode 1 we talked about my why and we talked a lot about uh, i unpacked the the concept of the gap the gap between what a leader uh or manager might uh, or business owner you know anyone leading a team uh might think that the team thinks versus what that team uh might say themselves that they think or believe about the management, about the company, about the group, you know, whatever. And so we talked a little bit during that episode about the gap, and we talked about the dangers of the gap in management, business management. Um, And that gap uh, that was identified by me as a teenager um, was uh, uh, the foundation of my why. So... I'm going to have to give a little bit of, I guess, probably family history here. And I just want to go ahead and go on record as saying um, this uh, this podcast episode is very uh, touch and go for me. It's very personal um, and it's very uh, vulnerable. And I'm delivering it at um, a bit of, I guess I'm a little apprehensive, but at the same time, I'm... I'm hoping that the process of delivering this information will potentially save someone somewhere, if not lots of someone's in many places, um, from some of the pain that um, I have experienced myself as I've had to learn these lessons um, at ground level. So uh, so in this past year, of course, we've had some some craziness in in you know just in the in the, in the grand scheme of the world we've got the covid-19 uh pandemic um episode 1 was released in the uh end of the summer of 2020 so right in the middle if you will of the uh you know kind of pandemic uh uh, uh situation and uh this is episode 2 and we're releasing that almost exactly a year um later in the uh middle of the summer of 2021 um in between that uh time my um wife and I uh of 31 years uh made the final decision to divorce and um during the process of the divorce and uh other um, movements, family movements, um, a lot of things have become uh, much clearer to specifically me in terms of uh, where gaps might exist in any team or leadership or management type position. So uh, for a little bit of background, I have been married, obviously I had been married uh, for a really long time. Uh, my wife and I have five children together um, and uh, 
the uh, household management situation was, um, you know, that's a that's a leadership situation, right? You've got a group, you've got, uh, uh, or you've got, you know, the potential for leader a leadership situation. Um, and we're eventually, I'm going to unpack uh, some some philosophy that's that's becoming quite quite clear to me in terms of maybe some definitional differences between what we have thought about as leadership and what may really be a better definition for leadership or uh, maybe an expanded definition of leadership. So, uh, but suffice to say with uh, seven of us under roof uh, for a number of years, um, we had a, you know, we had a team here, we had a group here, we had a uh, you know, potential for, for leadership. And uh, our, high, our ha- household was built on uh, kind of, uh, I would say, a couple, honestly, probably almost two generations ago type ideology. Uh, so, you know, um, it was built with, a, you know, kind of a hierarchical structure. And, um, and I wore my uh, responsibility, if you will, as the leader of our household, um, for better or for worse, um, very seriously, and I took it as my, uh, I took it as my responsibility to make sure that I did everything that I could to both, uh, you know, protect and to uh, uh, guide my, you know, my 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 team, um, our team. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, in 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 in, you know, at the time, it it was more viewed as 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 my team. So again, this is very vulnerable for me, very kind of tricky for me to talk about, but I uh, I think it's extremely important because it's the impact of what I've learned in the last year on my original why, it hasn't changed it at all, but the depth of the why, the depth of the hazard, the depth of um the drive that I have for people to really begin to catch the the spirit of 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 a different way of looking at leadership and a different way of looking at management those things have just been monumentally exponentially um uh, increased in the last year so it's all it's all very relevant um in the context of my why and in the con- in the context of having uh, uh an uh, a gap uh, and the hazards that that gaps um uh, create uh, or represent in relationships. Notably, in this particular case, we're talking about relationships where people are leading groups of people or attempting to. So, so back to the story. The uh, you know we 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 our our arrangement was fairly hierarchical with uh, you know a pyramidal type uh, basic structure. And you know, yes, I've learned in 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 the in the last decade or so how. Uh, not great, you know, that even conceptually can be. But what I would say about things is that we had, uh, so then to flip back over toward some of the things I talked about in episode one, I mentioned that I had built a management system and theory around avoiding having gaps at work. And the way that that system worked was it, 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 it pulled, um, the entire group, um, the, you know, so if you're if you're managing a team of say thirty people at work, all thirty people have a closed feedback loop to 
express their thoughts and feelings, their concerns about their job, their concerns about the product that you might be producing or the service that you might be delivering or whatever. But there's a constant feedback loop so that the people who are who are responsible for each area of whatever the business does have a, a means by which they can dynamically improve both their own part of the puzzle, if you will, and potentially impact the bigger puzzle by innovation, by, you know, by delivering their own unique self, whatever, whomever, you know, they might be. So this management style is based on the idea that you want to close these gaps, right? You don't want to have a gap between uh, what people think the management, you know, what the management thinks people think and what they actually think. You want to close the gap by having feedback loops. You want to have communication. So, but you got to create a safe space um, and a mechanism for that. So, um, in my early management career, I started working on and building little tools to try to do that. Now, after I have had a tremendous amount of feedback finally come through my family in various ways, both my children and my now ex-wife, I have been able to triangulate, if you will, that this whole system of a collaborative approach, this whole system of a everybody's input is, you know, you know, it, everybody's equal and separate. Um, this was not applied in my household. So <clears throat> unbeknownst to me, just like unbeknownst to many managers, there were gaps, huge gaps in some cases between what I believed my family believed about me or about our family and what they actually believed. Honestly, in the spirit of full disclosure, this is the most horrific thing I can imagine. If I had to screw it up one place or the other, I wish I had screwed it up at work. But back to the point, the point is the gap between what a person who is in any position of even remotely, you know, positional authority, the gap between what that person believes, the group that they're leading believes or thinks, and what that group actually believes or thinks, the bigger it is, the bigger hazard it is. Think of them, think of the gap as like a bomb. If the gap is really small, it's like one of those little poppers you throw on the ground. If the gap is really large, it's a potential atom bomb. Think nuclear, think mushroom cloud, think big time damage. Over the course of my career, which is now over three decades long, professional career, I have never one time surveyed or done third-party confidential neutral work with a team where there was no gap. Now, after seeing what has happened and taken place in my own, you know, microcosm of, of the larger scale of leadership within my family, I can fully understand how completely, even potentially delusional, someone could be based on the fact that they're simply not getting the direct information from the group that would 
alter their view of of what's what's real, the realities of what's happening. So it's it's more than uh it's more than a an interesting subject now for a podcast. Now it's it's this this gap and and the um surrounding principles and methodologies for people to avoid having these gaps is um it's now it's now entered the full scale um concept of of a, of a mission for me. Um I don't understand obviously everything about it, but I know that that I have um, successfully seen good group dynamic, good group collaborative management. I've created good tools for that, especially in the workplace. Um, in retrospect, if I had just applied the simple tools I was using at work to, to pull a collaborative um, poll and 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 you know create the same types of feedback loops, safe space, hold space, you know, good communication. Um, you know, good consideration of other people's opinions and thoughts and how things could or should be done. Um, if I if that had all been applied in my household, would it have saved my marriage or 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 altered the course of of, of certain things? Perhaps not. But would it have narrowed the gap between what I believed was happening and what was actually happening? It absolutely would have. Would that have meant meant for better relationships? I I wholly believe it would. In the process of all the years I have applied these principles in professional situations, it has always narrowed the gap. It doesn't eliminate it. Nothing I've ever seen completely eliminates it. But the constant application of pressure to attempt to to mitigate it creates a culture of communication. It creates a culture of uh, the team believes, and rightfully so, that every one of them is very important, that everything that they um, are about is being, um, you know, they have an, an opportunity to speak and then, you know, then to some extent it becomes their responsibility to use that opportunity wisely and speak on the subject of whatever is important to them at that time. Um, so uh, it's the process of creating a, re- a, a recurring feedback loop, simple systems that allow people to feel heard safely heard by the leadership of whatever organization, whether it's a home or a, you know, a department or a, or a large company or a nonprofit, it doesn't matter, whatever the group is. So what it really comes down to, and I think this is the key, and this is something we'll unpack, you know, over time, but what it really comes down to is the value of each individual human and leadership, management, ownership, whatever you want to call it, their commitment to showing that individual just how valuable they believe them to be by putting them in a spot where they're able to contribute in an equal and separate way. Now, that does not mean that good management tries to figure out how to do what everyone else in the organization thinks would be best. But it does mean that there would be a 
a communication about what people think is best and some level of development of systems for how to synthesize that information into uh, a plan that makes sense to the bulk of the people that are involved in executing the plan. And, you know, this crosses swords a little bit with, uh, you know, what I would call uh, more um, traditional leadership. I mean, I have a a leadership book in front of me that represents, and we're going to unpack more of this later, but represents um, some of the principles that, you know, I learned when I was new to leadership positions and management positions. And uh, some of these statements are almost cringeworthy to me at this point. I look at it and think, huh, is that really, you know, we're really going to, I'm really going to start digging into and, and we're going to really unpack the, 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 the more classic definition of leadership because I have to be honest, I'm, I'm, I don't have to be, I'm going to be honest. My belief about leadership has really taken some massive shifts the job of the leader, you know, I, you know, probably a decade ago, I would have told you the job of the leader is to influence or the, the, you know, that's the key skill, if you will, is to develop a, an ability to influence. Well, influence somewhat suggests that you have all the answers and that all you have to do is influence the group toward your whatever, your, your way of thinking, your, you know, what you think is best, which way you think people should go or whatever. And as long as you've got enough influence over them, then you can then you can affect that path for them, with them, whatever. Well, there's a manipulative component to that, even though it sounds good on the surface. And I realize manipulative is a as a little bit of a harsh word, but you know, so you can pick a less harsh word if you want, but the reality is that if you're trying to to, you know, just look at the word manipulate. It just means to, you know, to, 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 to move in, you know, a given direction type of a thing. If you've got that scenario, there's a couple things that are problematic there as far as true, in my belief, or what I'm learning, um, true good leadership. The first is that there may very well be a number of potential solutions to any given problem, and the one that you've already ascertained in your mind may or may not be the best one. It also may or may not be the best one for the whole group. It might be the best one if you were going by yourself. You know, going back to the old proverb, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together kind of a thing. But the reality is leadership's about going together. It's not about helping everybody else figure out how to, you know, go necessarily your way. So, and let's not forget that that doesn't, not only does that not give the, the other humans in the organization their level of value or their contribution of value, but it also doesn't allow the organization to progress at what pace it potentially could. Because let's be realistic, the, the real depth of the power or value of a group is the collective everything, right? The collective mind, the collective you know, innovation, the collective... Uh, perspective. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so if, if there's no system in place for collecting that information and then, and, and placing value on it, and then, and then you have a leader who believes their job is to just in, you know, even if you use the word inspire instead of influence or whatever, if the job of the leader is just always to, to, 
deliver a path or an opportunity to the group and then maintain enough influence via whatever mechanism they use for influence to get it done or to have them engage with it, it seems, that seems manipulative. So here's an alternative. The alternative is that a leader's job falls more along the lines of someone who's able to engage with communication from that group, take that communication and then synthesize that into this is what we're going to do as a group. And then when they re-deliver that to the group, it's not really, they don't have, they don't, where's, there's no, no high need for influence or we'll use manipulation there because the group's solution is the one being implemented, right? So, and yes, I want to make it clear at this point, there's times when there are decisions that need to be made. There are things that, that do have to be made uh, structurally, infrastructurally, uh, navigationally, things that need to be done in a business or in a household that can't necessarily be done by committee. And I'm not actually suggesting committee anyway. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm su suggesting is that everyone contributes to the whole rather than the more hierarchical uh, idea that, that the, the hierarchy, whether it's a, a CEO, a board of directors, or you know, a management team, whatever, rather than the idea that the hierarchy will create the plan for everything that needs to happen, and then by influence, which oftentimes by old management standards is gained by doing things that are somewhat manipulative, that rather than executing via their collective influence over the team, the team doesn't have to be influenced because the team actually was part of building the path or plan. So they're already on board. They were part of it. So <clears throat> I'm a little ahead of myself, but, you know, I, I will just say, you know, like one of these, just, just to give you an example, I'm just looking at the back of a book here. Um, and I, I, you know, I totally get it. You know, again, in context, in certain contexts, all of this stuff makes sense. But so the difference between management and leadership, here's a quote. Making sure the work is done by others is the accomplishment of a manager. Inspiring others to do better work is the accomplishment of a leader. Um, okay, so I get it. I, I get that good leadership will inspire others to their best, their, their best self, if you will. But I guess here's my question. I think, I think where management maybe has, has, has failed or leadership has failed uh, in, in, in the context of that type of statement is that we don't, we don't give the opportunity for the team member to define what their best self or life or work is. Instead, we define the work and then we 
believe we're doing something noble by empowering them to do the work or to do it better, faster, more efficiently, whatever. When in fact, that particular team member could be sitting on the next technological advance, the next massive disruption in an industry or whatever, but because they have no outlet for communicating that, we're leaving all that on the table as an organization. And honestly, what's worse is the hazard of it is, or one of the biggest hazards of it is, that person could choose, being burdened with glorious purpose, as Loki from the Marvel series would say, uh, to leave that position in your organization and take that disruption, take that innovation, and go become the end, uh, if you will, of, 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 of an industry and the beginning of another. So um, I think where we miss it is not necessarily the, the concepts of, 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 of leadership as they've been laid out over the years, although some of them are, and again, we're going to look at a lot of these different things. And I also want to make it clear here, the authors of these statements, I mean, let's be realistic, knowledge and, 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 and society are ever evolving. So uh, these things aren't static. And um, some things are static. I'll agree with that. But not everything is static. So some things that worked in the industrial age and, and were potentially even sound um, may be waning in, in these times, um, maybe already have gone um, in terms of their effectiveness. And so I just want to make it clear, though, that no matter what we're talking about, no matter what author, no matter what, you know, what they may have said, um, I'm not coming against any other authors. I'm not coming against anyone who might make a, a specific statement or might have written a book, um, you know, in days, years, decades gone by. I realize many of the authors have freshened up their stuff, changed things and made them, you know, have modernized them and, and made them fit with societal uh, movements. And, and, and that's good. But that won't stop me from looking at these things because there are millions of managers, owners, and, and leaders who have been trained in these principles, and I think it's time for a shift. So for this particular episode, I think that's, I think that's kind of everything I want to communicate for today. I think it's important that, you know, kind of, you know, the, the, the rap is that, um, the rap is that in the last year, I have absolutely seen that gaps are even more insidious and sneakier than I could have ever imagined a year ago when I started talking um, in episode one about the gap. Um, I have reviewed all of my files to see if I have ever worked with a team where there was no gap identified or virtually none, and I can categorically attest to the fact that over the course of a very long career and very and thousands of people interviewed in organizations i've never ever ever had an organization that had no like had a zero gap situation i've had organizations that had just a little bit of gap the gap would be small enough that it could be internally managed and then i've had people at the other end of the uh, spectrum where the only way that the gap was going to be 
um, improved was going to be via third-party confidential uh, survey work that could be brought back to the management team in a confidential manner for uh, development toward toward a narrower gap that could then be managed internally. So the point is, gaps are kind of a relational um, ma- uh, mainstay. Uh, mainstay. Um, they're just kind of a relational component. They're just there. They're just part of the deal. So the question is simply, what are we going to do to manage them as leaders? And what are we going to do? How are we going to execute um, in a way that, that values humans, values everything that they could bring to the table? Not just better work, faster work, more efficient work. Everything. Their whole humanhood, if you will. I just made that word up, by the way. I don't even know. It might be out there. Um, so the key for this, you know, for this episode is simply I want you guys to know gaps are they're nothing to be trifled with. Um, if you feel that you might be uh, in a gap situation in your uh, home life, then I highly recommend that you uh, begin looking at ways to uh, to narrow that gap, which eventually we'll be unpacking some of those in these in these podcasts. But um, I, I I and also you know and and this is what I would say. I think a lot of times um, the gaps are managed well at home. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they're not managed uh, particularly well at work. In my particular case, I had an inverted situation there. I had a I was very conscious, very aware from a very early age of the hazards of the gap in professional settings. So I took very careful steps to try to make sure that, you know, I, I stayed on the right side of that the best I could. And I still had gaps, but I managed the gaps tightly and, and had good team uh, performances, you know, when I did. Where I was missing things is, is I, at home, I believed I was supposed to be the guy with all the answers. I was supposed to be the guy who knew where to tell everybody to go and then staunchly stood by, you know, my, my, um, you know, my, whatever I thought was the best path. And, um, I did not allow, um, the room for separate and equal. I did not allow the room for, um, people to, um, and I mean, this isn't categorical. I'm, I'm, I may be painting myself even worse than I actually was, but or am, you know, whatever, however we want to say that. But the point is that I really believed it was my mission. It was my job. It was to stand firm, to 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 guide, you know, especially my children, um, in 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 the best way that I could see as the leader, um, and to influence them toward what I believed to be best for them. And the thing is, there's not a separate and equal there. They have an intuition. They have a, uh, uh, their own hopes and dreams. They have the right to make mistakes, to make choices, to make choices that I would say are mistakes, but they would say weren't mistakes. So does every team member in every organization around the globe. They have value to bring, but specifically, they have autonomy they should have some autonomy is my point. I'm not, I'm not, not getting this out there well. They have autonomy as humans that should be recognized, appreciated, and, and valued. And when we do that as leaders in a professional setting, tracking back to the professional setting, what we get 
is teams that are inspired, motivated, innovative. We provide better customer service than anybody who's not doing it that way. We provide better vendor relationships. We provide better sales numbers. Everything in the organization is improved because of that connectivity. Back to my word of connective. Uh, that exists in the organization. It's because every human is feeling valued as a human who's separate and equal and brings something different to the table, even if that one thing that they brought on Tuesday of last month, um, you know, Tuesday of the second week of last month, isn't able to be implemented maybe right now, maybe ever. Because six months ago, they brought this other one thing and it was adopted and it's been doing wonderful things for the department, for the company, for whatever, since. The point is, how would anyone ever know if they're not engaged as a valuable human who's separate and equal? And I'm not talking about a freaking suggestion box on the wall. I'm talking real engagement, real communication, real safety to say, you know what, this way we do this over here, this is stupid. Like, have you ever really looked at this? Like, this is crazy. I've been with this company for three years, and I, I, I don't get it. That type of freedom and safety in communication creates a dynamic that is all but unstoppable in a group. And the opposite breeds nothing but contempt, resentment, um, poor performance, um, pain, Emotional suffering, I could go on and on and on and on and on. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about a a tiny little group like a family or a huge group like a Fortune, you know, 100 company. It doesn't matter what group size it is. All of the same dynamics will will exist either way. So on that note, I will close this this episode down. I uh, I'm I'm thankful for you making your way through this with me. I know it's 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 been a little loosely organized here. Um, that's because there's a lot of emotion around it and um, for me, and it's very difficult for me to outline how that's going to impact me, so uh, I just had to kind of wing it a little bit in this episode. Um, I hope that um, you guys will look at this as a cautionary tale in some respects, but also in others. I would I would like to think that it will have a a very direct impact on your thinking in that you you want to avoid the pain that that I've been experiencing um, and that uh, you will uh, do everything in your power to take steps to, uh, to, 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 to narrow the gaps in your own leadership and management roles, whether it be at home uh, or in the workplace. So thank you for joining me for this episode of uh, Connective Leadership, and I will see you in the next episode.